This episode is sponsored by our friends at SongTrust. SongTrust is the world's largest technology solution for global music publishing, royalty collection, and administration. It was founded to simplify music rights management and to remove complexity from the publishing landscape. SongTrust collects publishing royalties for more than 2 million songs with a community of more than 300,000 songwriters and rights holders. Use promo code PUBCAST20 and sign up for 20% off your SongTrust registration. Hey, PubCasters. Welcome back. In this new episode, we talk with my friend Alicia Pruitt. She's a publisher, a manager of artists and writers, and we dive into artists and artist development and how working with creatives can be its own art form. Welcome back, listeners, to the AIMP Nashville PubCast. On this episode, we have my dear friend, uh, Alicia Pruitt, with us today. I've known her most of her career as one of the best and premier music publishers here in Nashville. But in 2018, she took a leap over to another side that we like to call management slash artist development (laughs) with her own company called Mad Fun Entertainment, with also in conjunction with Red Light Entertainment. And uh, so... Alicia, welcome aboard the PubCast. Oh, thank you, Tim Hunzi, for having me. This is going to be, this should be a fun, fun conversation today. We'll like two friends hanging out, talking about the music industry, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we, we've got stories. We'll share, we'll share some stories. I look forward to it. I, I mean, until I saw your face on the Zoom here for a minute, I, I hadn't seen you in over a year, which is scary and sad oh, all at the same time. I know it's been crazy, crazy times in the world and crazy times in the music industry, but we're all, uh, it's, it's all going to be okay. We're looking forward to shows coming back and everybody being and hugging again, being in, in person and hugging again, hopefully. <laughs> I do miss the hugs. Well, let's kick it off with you giving a little, uh, little backstory for some of those that may not know you as well as I do. Jump on in there. Absolutely. Well, I am from the great state of the mighty Mississippi. Um, I moved here in 2000. Um, I went to school at the great Belmont University, which is up the street from both of us right now, I'm sure. Um, Graduated from there and uh, started, you know, started out answering phones and and doing all the stuff, you know, like right out of school. I was I was working at a small publishing company when I was still in college um, by the name of Broad Vision Music Publishing. And that's kind of where I started cutting my teeth and learning how to talk songwriter language and how to talk artist language. And um, so that was kind of my, that was kind of my intro into the music business. And I, you know, growing up in, in Mississippi, I just, I just knew I wanted to be a part of, uh, of the music industry somehow. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Honestly, I just knew I wanted to do something in the music industry because I loved it so, so much. You know, we know that you started Broad Vision and you spent a number of years under the umbrella over there that we call the Warner Chapel years, which was uh, a a great breeding ground for you. But then then you decided to make this pretty big jump over. Um, So what what was the impetus uh, that or catalyst that kind of started you thinking you needed to make that change and into management? Well, 
I was at I was at Broad Vision for about two years, and then the the company closed down. and And right after that, I went to Big Tractor Music, which is a small company, um, was a small company here in town. Um, and I, I saw I, I worked there for about two and a half years, and then uh, Dale Bobo, uh, who was the head of Warner Chapel, called me about uh, two and a half years later and was like, "We really want you to come to Chapel." I went to Chapel. I was there for 13 years, um, which makes us all sound very old. If I start counting up all these number of years of where you've been. So I went and and stayed at Warner Chapel for 13 years. And then, you know, I would say the last couple of years, I had started working with as we all do in publishing, you, you were, you see the full, the full circle of some of these artists, you know, you, you sign them there at your publishing company, and then you develop them for two to three years, sometimes longer, sometimes less. And then they get a record deal. A a lot of these, you know, pertaining to more artists, obviously than just the songwriters in our community, but you find these artists and then you develop them and then they go off to a management company and then they go to, you know, uh, a record label and then become superstars. So for me, it was one of those things to where I had done that several times and it was like, you know, I just, I want to see, I want to see the other side of this. Like I want to see this all the way through. So for me, I had turned uh, 40 in, in that year. And I was like, you know, if I'm ever going to do this and see the other side of it, right now is the time to do that. So I'd had a couple conversations with managers in town and was like, hey, do you like, you know, knowledgeable about those kind of things? And I was like, okay, do you think I could do this? And they were all super encouraging. Like, look, you're never going to know until you try. So it was kind of that thing of, I want to go try this. And I want to see this. I want to see this side of the business. So it really just kind of aligned with me um, or for me that I had a baby artist that was on Atlantic in New York by the name of Josie Dunn. And she was more on the pop side of things. So I talked to Corn Catshaw, who's the head of Red Light um, here. And he was like, look, come over here, see, see what you think. So honestly, it was kind of, it had been pulling at me for about two years or so to kind of just want to see the management side of it. And at that time, it was lining up that she was needing management. And I got the call from Corin, and it was like, okay, well, here, it's kind of like, I'm a huge Christian. So it was like, okay, well, this is God pulling me into this, in this way a little bit. So it's like, I had a lot of fear for it, but I was like, I wasn't going to let that stop me. And so it was like, okay, let's jump in and, and kind of see. So really, it was just kind of wanting to see the other side of it a little bit and be a little bit more knowledgeable about about the industry so that's how i that's how i got here (laughs) i want to jump into a little bit of the discussion on on artist development knowing it's a passion of yours obviously having worked with so many artists you know what is it that that attracts you because that roster is extremely diverse, but yet also very similar. Cause I know each one of those artists is extremely passionate and very authentic to who they are. What is it that brings you to want to put that much time into those things? Cause I always talk about it as a marriage. When you sign somebody and get it, 
it's a marriage. It's a long-term commitment. What is it that makes you go, I'm going to commit to this person and be their champion? You know, I, I've said this a couple of times in different interviews. My whole thing, I think it's about what you're looking for. I, I think that's the question here. It's like, for me, when I sit down with a talent, it, it just excites me so much, especially with a young talent, because it's almost like you're finding something like brand new that that no one knows about, that this can be like, oh my gosh, this is this is something that is is from the ground up. I have always loved to work with stuff from from the beginning. And I don't know if it's just you can just get your hand like your your hands dirty, your jersey dirty dirty, as they say. Like I I am never backed up from that. And I always like to kind of be the first person in on somebody. And then being able to, like you said, it's like a marriage being able to, to understand this person as a human being and also as a creative person and bringing different ideas, um, bringing different ideas to them. And also too, for me, when I'm looking for talent, I always say, I want that person to be able to set at the bluebird with an instrument and blow me away just like they would in the back, like if I'm standing in the back of an arena. I'm looking for that talent all the time. The way they craft a lyric, the way they sing, um, that is, that's what I look for. And that's what fires me up. So I think when you're, when you're saying, you know, the whole artist development or song development or, you know, uh, writer development, whatever that is, to me, that's, that's the best part of all of it um, is jumping in early and being able to kind of be the first to kind of hear what they do. That, that, that of the, all the processes is is the super most special to me. I think we're <clears throat> cut from the same cloth and have the same kind of. Uh, I'm a discoverer. I have been like what drove me to to record stores. I'm a little older than most people, so I actually did go to record stores, but <laughs> was discovering that new thing. Like, and I still am that. Like, nothing gives me more pumped up than when I discover something new. And it isn't necessarily so much that no one else has heard it. It's just that. I'm driven to new stuff and uh, I love that process and, 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 and defining those things. Now I'm going to turn this kind of a little bit to, to your A&R side, because one of the things I always admired about you, other than the fact that and I have to say, you're one of the most efficient people I've ever worked with. If you send Alicia an email within 24 hours, she's going to respond. Even that year she was on the road. I know I sent her emails about co-writes and she would respond within 24 hours. <laughs> Kudos. You're so organized. I love that. But one of the other things that I've always admired from you is that you have a great ear. Like I know that you, you work really hard. And one of the skills that I believe really defines a great publisher and A&R person is knowing when it's the right marriage, a song, an artist. And it's something I was trained into by my mentors and stuff to really look at a song and know that song's right for this. But it's also taking it to another level. And this is like, I like to get some of your insight because you've worked with some of these artists that from such a young age to spend in all those ones we mentioned are superstars. So, and, and Josie is going to be one, I know, because she's crazy talented, but how do you go about your a process of knowing this is the right song. Like this is 
the, you know, whether you're trying to set up the right co-writer, get the right song in, like helping those artists guide that part, finding that true voice that's going to make this record or launch their career. What's your process in helping in that? I would, I would honestly say it's about spending time with the creative person, like spending time with the artist. That's been my biggest thing of aligning them with, with the co-writes that I hook up for them, with the songs that I would play for them. You know, our whole industry, I think it thrives off of finding talent that's very unique, that they're not taking up a lane. And I think from, from with Casey, obviously she had her, you know, her own vision with that. And, you know, in early days we would sit and and really talk. And to this day, we, we still, you know, talk about co-writes and that kind of thing. And it's like knowing that human being, like, I, I feel like, you know, we don't get to spend as much time together anymore, but like early days we would, we would spend a lot of time together. So knowing what she would want to say and, and Lauren, like, you know, Lauren and I spend a lot of time together and it's knowing what she would want to say. And then it's kind of going, okay, well that person, you guys would really get along if y'all want to sit in a room and write. So I would think it, it has, I feel like you and I, and Tim, you're so good at this too, of, of, of recognizing young talent and, and connecting people. I think it really is. It goes back to your statement earlier. It's about a marriage. And if you don't know that other person, then how can you connect them or send them a song that they may connect with. I think it's about knowing them and spending time with them as much. Obviously we haven't been able to spend as much time together during COVID, but knowing their taste in music. So I, you know, I, when I was at Chap Warner Chapel is one of the biggest publishing companies in the entire world. And I will say, even when I was there, I like to spend time with my writers. I go deep with each individual. Like I, that's one of the things if, I, if I'm, it's either a good thing or a bad thing. I'm either zero or a hundred. Like I don't go yeah. in between. I, I just, that's just not my personality. If you're a part of my roster, we're going to talk every day. If you're not, then we're not. But, you know, I like to go in and, and, and learn these people. I love to, you know, go in and, and meet their families and that kind of stuff. And even more so on the management side of things, that's either a whole nother different level. But when you're talking about, you know, uh, creative development and all that, I think that's the biggest thing for me has just been key is knowing them and knowing what they like and dislike and connecting them with the, with the right people that can take them there. Really. Has there been a, a co-write that you were super passionate about and when, and you put it together that, that ended up being a success story that you could talk about. And maybe, maybe there's one of those, cause we all kind of have one where maybe the artist was like, I don't know about that, but you're like, no, I'm telling you, man, this is going to work. Do you have one of those stories? You know, I think, I think one of the, the, this is kind of a mixture of that, but you know, Casey had a big success with golden hour, right. With, with Ian Fitzchuk and Daniel Tashin. And I remember setting up um, a co-write one day with Ian and one day with Daniel, and she had never met either one of those guys. So this, I can't even remember what year this would have been. So please forgive me. But um, she, had, she had written, she, she didn't know either one. I was like, just trust me on each one of these guys. I think that it'd be something different and something cool. So she wrote with Ian one week and maybe wrote with Daniel like the, the next day or something. And she called me and she was like, Hey, this is a very unique situation, but, I kind of want to put them together. What do you think? And so I was like, yeah, let's, let's see how it goes. And 
then obviously they, you know, they made Golden Hour with her. And that those songs that they started writing from that moment became the songs that was on Golden Hour. So I think that right there, it's again, it's just kind of bouncing stuff off the person that you know very well. And she came back to me and was like, I, I like both of them individually, but what do we think about writing together? I'm like, yeah, let's let's try it. So I think that is a kind of a cool success story. <laughs> And that's another thing too. I feel like you have to have these creatives trust you. You have to build trust with them. Um, Cause you know, Casey trusted me to kind of say, Hey, this might be a cool thing. And she went in and did it and it worked. Um, so it's, it's kind of having trust from the songwriter artist to, to the creative person, you know, that's kind of what you kind of have to get into. And again, it goes back to spending time with them and building this, you know, relationship. So that leads to another interesting conversation. You don't have to mention artist names. I, I heard this saying from a, another manager I knew. He goes, man, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't keep it from jumping in. And he was referring to artists and uh, don't take that badly artists that are listening. But I have definitely come across this on occasion because we talk and, and again, you've worked with a, a diverse group of artists. They're all very unique in their thing. So have you been challenged at times when, say, your artist comes in and they're they're and you want to you want them to grow, you want them to take chances, but maybe they're trying to jump off this cliff they don't really need to jump off of, and and you're trying to be like, ah, that's the hardest thing I've I've learned to try to deal with, you know, when you're managing that and trying to go, all right. That might not be the best idea. Do you have any advice on how to guide your horse from jumping in the water? I guess I'm asking. Well, I would just say, look, it's like you were saying earlier, you build this relationship with, with, you know, with your artist, and there's going to be some battles that I'm going to battle for, for them to try. And it's not going to work. And every time you do that, it's like, okay, that wasn't good. (laughs) You know, you, I would just say that it's a long, it's a long game. It's not a three month process. It's not a six month. It's sometimes not even a year process. This is a long game, especially when you're dealing well, really with songwriters and with artists. Like I would just kind of say that, you know, you, you got to build a trust with each other, no matter what. And, you know, ever the writer or the artist is not going to get it right every time. And you're not going to get it right every time. But if you know that, you coming back at the end of the day and have the same vision, uh, whether it's, you know, with an artist, you know, I see a lot of like, you know, on the management side, I see a lot of like, you know, I, I hate that photo. I hate that photo of myself. And you're sitting there as the manager going, this looks amazing, but they have some hang up about like something about their hair or whatever. I think that you're going to win some of those battles and you're going to lose some of those battles. And that's kind of can be a little bit of a trickery kind of thing, but you know, but the artists at the end of the day, if you have that relationship with them, you can just kind of say, look, I I know that this picture is going to be the best. And then sometimes you're not going to win it. (laughs) So then you just kind (laughs) of have to let them, let them take it. And then, you know, you try, uh, because at the end of the day, it's their career, you know, Um, and and as a songwriter, if you're just sitting there going, man, this co-write would be so cool for you to do, and then they'll just never do it, it, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's their career, but I think, I think it's, you know, like we keep saying, it's, it's just having that relationship with them, and just kind of going, look, just trust me, and if I, 
if I lose, then that's completely fine. You just, you go on to the next battle because there's going to be another battle tomorrow. (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and follow us at AIMP Nashville to keep up with news, events, panels, and even new episodes. The AIMP Nashville Pubcast is created by executive producers Dale Bobo and Tim Hunsey, producer Brandon Harrington, mixing and editing by Casey Porter. Thanks for listening and supporting the AIMP Nashville Pubcast.